Hello, and welcome to Launch Legends, the only podcast focused exclusively on the stories behind internet marketing's biggest and best launches. Each week, we sit down with an online marketing expert to tell the story of one of their launches, what went well, what didn't, and how much cash they made. And now, your host, Hamad Akbar. Hello and welcome to another episode of Launch Legends. Today we're joined by Ovi from Social B. So I met Ovi back in 2015. He actually helped me launch a product on a product that went really well. Uh, fast forward to now, he's got a company which he started back in uh, 2016 from humble beginnings, bootstrapped. But now he's got 15,000 customers and uh, 40 plus team members. There's a bunch of value he provides in the interview. So let's watch. Uh, but before, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. And if you are listening to this on a podcast, please uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Hey, Ovi, thank you for being on the show. So before I start, um, I think people should know you really helped me out back in 2015 when we were launching a product. And uh, you helped me out and you basically consulted me and, and just told me how to launch on Product Hunt. And that went really well. Um, we got a ton of users from there and uh, we actually ended up uh, selling the company. So I think uh, in a way you were, you were one of the reasons we sold the company. You actually facilitated that. So thank you very much. So Ovi, um, I know you're running like a great product, Social B. Uh, before we talk about that, please uh, let's uh, find out who you are and just talk about yourself and uh, let's get to what you're doing now. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tamad. And I'm really happy to to hear that uh, I was able to help uh, back then. And it's good to, it was good when you reached out to me and I remembered you even from back then, even though I have a very bad memory in general, uh, but I was happy to to hear from you. Uh, yeah, so hi, everybody. I'm Ovi. I'm co-founder and CEO of Socialbee. Um, and Socialbee, uh, at Socialbee, we offer tools, training, and teams to help companies get more leads with less effort. Um, and basically, we do that in, uh, in in two ways. First of all, we have a, a software as a service that you can use to schedule all your content across your social media profiles uh, in a very structured way. So we can do uh, category-based evergreen content recycling. Uh, this way, you can save a lot of time while scheduling your content on social media. Uh, mm-hmm. And that way, you can get better results. And besides that, if you want, we also have uh, concierge service teams that you can add on top of the uh, platform where basically our teams will help you with various marketing activities such as uh, social media posting, uh, creating blog posts, running your ads, and so on. Great. So first of all, how did you even come up with the idea for Social B? Yeah, so actually, uh, Social B started... um, uh, as, as Nugget before. So it was the previous uh, product which we did launch on Product Hunt uh, very nicely. And then I wrote that uh, guide about it. And that's how you, you reached out to me as well. And basically that product uh, was uh, an app that brought quotes from business and personal personal development books. And it was a, a good product. We managed to, to get it both uh, to have a good launch on Product Hunt and then also to keep growing it with some specific social media strategies. Mm-hmm. But it was quite hard to turn into a business. Uh, it was hard to monetize at a good enough scale uh, to for it to be uh, a viable business. But in doing that, we stumbled upon some various uh, social media techniques that worked for us, especially back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we were uh, building all sorts of tools and automations internally to handle those social media posting and the engagement, especially on Twitter back then, uh, and so on. 
And at one point, we realized that uh, as a bootstrap start startup uh, with Nugget, we was always having to like um, dip into our savings to first of all continue to live, but then also to invest in in the product. And we didn't really see uh, um, the light at the end of that tunnel to see it turn into a massive business uh, or to have that potential. Um, but in talking with with various people, we realized that what we build on the side with with this social media automation might be valuable uh, or more valuable than, than Nugget. Mm-hmm. And at one point, we managed to sell uh, basically from what we consider then day one of social media, uh, uh, a version which was actually like a duct tape to, uh, version, a hacked together version of Google Sheets, uh, Zapier integrations, posting actually through Buffer and things like that. So it was very clumsy, but it worked. And we managed to get people uh, to pay for uh, for that. So at that point, we realized, okay, we go uh, full uh, speed on with, with Social B and we, we, we put Nugget aside. And later on, we did manage to sell Nugget to, to somebody that was in that space and they wanted to continue what we, we started. But since then, we focused on Social B entirely. Oh, uh, there's a great lesson there. So you actually managed to uh, sell a hacked version, which you put together very quickly to people. Um, yes. A lot of people struggle with pre-sales. And I'm sure you agree with that. The best way to validate an idea is to actually pre-sell the solution before you build it. Uh, how did you get your first customers? I know you were talking to a lot of people, but who are those people? Were those people from Nugget or just the people you knew? How did you actually get them and how did you manage to? Let's talk about that process. Yeah. So actually, in 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 starting Social B, I came up with a, with a concept which I call sell service scale. And basically, this is what we do with Social B and it worked. So uh, I, I know that it works, uh, at least for, for some startups that can work. So first, you start by, start by selling the results. Mm-hmm. Then you service the customer and you do whatever is needed to, to, to get those results. And whatever is needed means that most of the time, maybe it's a concierge MVP type of thing where you're actually doing the things by hand behind the scenes, mm-hmm. or maybe you're actually white labeling a competitor uh, or whatever it takes, basically. And then only the last part is the, the uh, scale part where once you, you sold, so you know that clearly that there is a market for what you're, you are, you're planning to sell. Once you manage to service that uh, problem, basically, and to really know what actually the real problem is, because no startup uh, ends up being as it was planned from the beginning. You always find out that actually the problem is slightly different or you should talk with your customers differently. You find mm-hmm. them in a different place that we are ta- thinking about and so on. So once you manage to uh, to service that, uh, only then you start scaling. And this way, when you're building the, the product, the tech product, most of the times, you know from the beginning what to build. So you won't spend a lot of time and money to, to build something which you have to scrape after that because you see that nobody cares about a specific feature or a specific uh, uh, use case uh, and so on. Uh, so that, that's, that, that's the sales service scale model. And to answer your question, uh, the very first customer came actually, I believe, from the same article that, that you came. Uh, so it shows that it's always good to, to pay it forward and to, to uh, just share all your knowledge with the world. Uh, uh, and basically, they were also planning to, to launch something on Product Hunt. They reached out. We had a, we had a chat. Uh, I helped them uh, with, with some ideas. And then I also told them, like, look, this is what we're working on. And they said, oh, that's interesting. We now use Buffer and we spend so much time on uh, finding content and sharing it on social media and so on. Uh, and it looks like this solution could save us time. Uh, mm-hmm. And they ended up uh, paying right away. And this is 
when we knew that, okay, we have a better business in social media than we did with Nugget. So before you actually started development, uh, how many customers did you get? So basically, the thing is that uh, version one, because it was this hack together thing which we used for Nugget, uh, we already knew what to do. So we had these setups of Google Sheets and things like that. And whenever we had a new customer, I always had to go in and uh, duplicate the whole setup for them and do manual setup and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we had, I think, I don't know, like five or 10 of such customers, we realized, okay, this is starting to, to, to uh, get some steam. And <clears throat> we started slowly to really automate all of these steps which were outside uh, in, in these integrations. And mm-hmm. we took them one by one. And it took us maybe one or two years to, to fully get off um, um, of, of Zapier and all of those integrations. Because in Zapier, we were also using like the RSS uh, mm-hmm. Zapier integration to pull feeds from RSS and the pocket integration and, and so many other uh, things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it took us quite some time because we also were bootstrapped. So we didn't have like a huge amount of money that we can throw a lot of developers at the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, sh- surely, but sh- slowly, but surely we managed to fully get off of Zapier and now we're back on Zapier, but with our own integration. So other people can, uh, um, use Zapier to integrate with social B now. So, uh, when you were basically refining the product, you know, in the first one or two years, were you actively getting more customers and talking to them at the same time as well? Yeah. So we, we always did that from the beginning. Um, and, uh, we, we first started because obviously it was not a solution that was ready for prime time when you have to like manually set up some things and then you have to always get on a call with the founder to, uh, to find out about it, uh, more and to get started and so on. So it was not something that was scalable at that point. Um, so then we were basically reaching out to other startups, uh, which we found either on product hunt or on beta list. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a good for us because. Uh, I'm in the startup space. I know the the people here. I know what their problems are. I know the language and so on. So when I was reaching out to somebody, uh, I knew what to talk uh, to them about. I knew how to add value, even if they didn't uh, use uh, social media in the end. So mm-hmm. it was always a win-win situation. And some of them, they found it uh, a good fit and they, they become customers. Um, and that's how we also get the first, like, batch of customers i think talking to customers is so important i think uh and i've done that before where most of the startups actually don't emphasize on that part you know talking to the customers and then building the product based on their feedback uh but you did that you talked to customers let's talk about a feature or something where you thought was the right thing for the product but then you realize after talking to customers that look okay you were wrong and you actually have to do something else um this is where my, my uh, lack of memory uh, can, can, can be a uh, problem. Uh, so we built we build actually uh, some, some features. We started quite heavily on the Twitter side because mm-hmm. especially back in the day, uh, the whole uh, following people on Twitter, they will follow you back technique used to work. Mm-hmm. And besides that, we also built something where when somebody followed you back, you can send them a, a, an automated mention or direct message. And mm-hmm. this is also something that used to work back in the day. Mm-hmm. And we really started to, to take that to the next level where you mm-hmm. could really customize that message based mm-hmm. on specific um, features of that specific follower. So, for example, if they said that uh, they had London in their uh, location, we mm-hmm. could maybe create a set of messages that really spoke to, to the London tech scene or, or something like that. So it really seemed like it was um, um, specific to them. The thing is that we just had a few 
customers who really went into so much detail to really customize it and make, make it so uh, advanced, while most, they just use the, the simpler version where you would create, I know, 10, 20 such uh, replies and we would circle through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it was a powerful feature and it was, it was used just by a handful of, of, of our customers, the, the other problem was that uh, at one point, Twitter also started to uh, really shut down all of these uh, uh, gray zone automations, let's say so. Uh, so we had to really drop those, that functionality uh, altogether. Uh, so even though we, we did end up building it, um, uh, I, I wish we would have stayed more in this like hack together version where we didn't invest time in building it because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we, we always knew that it's, it's something which most likely is, is not going to survive the long term uh, mm-hmm. and it didn't. Uh, right. So uh, especially with such things nowadays, uh, because we, we had also our API access removed for, for a few uh, hours or even days uh, when, when that happened. Uh, we're really careful. We really don't do anything which we we think it's uh, not in the best term uh, interest of the social networks long term. Because mm-hmm. even though it might be like legally allowed right now, if we think that, okay, at one point they will shut it down, we really don't invest in that anymore. We might still integrate with like third party tools so, so mm-hmm. we can still offer such a thing, but we don't build it into the core platform because the relationship with the uh, social networks is more important uh, for us because now... Okay. We build our house on those APIs, basically. And it's not our land, but we have to make sure that we're uh, good uh, tenants uh, so then we don't have to rethink our whole solution or something like that. So, I mean, you got to the prime time and you launched on AppSumo. Um, Let's talk about why you decided to launch on AppSumo and let's talk about the sequence of how you, when you made the decision to the point where you actually launched. Yeah, so Epsumo, for the ones that don't know, uh, it's basically like a Groupon for tools uh, that are um, tools for entrepreneurs, for marketers, for agencies, and things like that. And mm-hmm. Epsumo have a massive uh, following of people who are buying these uh, uh, deals, and usually they're lifetime deals. So basically, you just pay uh, once and you get uh, um, you, you get the tool for life. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the benefit for the startups who, who launch there is that you get a, a major, uh, a massive amount of customers uh, all of a sudden, which then also comes with uh, a lot more feedback, a lot more okay. word of mouth. Um, and uh, it's, it's a crowd where uh, you can also get uh, very valuable feedback, but you also have to uh, not always listen to the loudest voice because it's not always the loudest voice that is the one pulling you in the right uh, direction. Um, and for us, it was relatively early in our life. Maybe we were, I don't know, one, one year, one to two years in, something like that, um, mm-hmm. when, we, when we first launched on, on AppSumo. And it, it was quite good because until then, we were so focused uh, on the product and to really uh, go off this whole hack together uh, version that I told you about. Mm-hmm. And then going on AppSumo, we knew that, okay, we would get a lot of people uh, finding out about us, buying our solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would also help us with our cash flow because we were still a bootstrapped uh, company or mostly a bootstrap company. Um, and um, it, it, it was a, a, quite a good thing for us. Uh, it was not easy because uh, during those times, especially if your UI, UX is not uh, fully intuitive, if you don't have a lot of help documentations, mm-hmm. if if it's a solution which is slightly different from what people uh, are used to, uh, you will get a lot of support. And we also got a lot of uh, support uh, requests 
so it was uh, a couple of weeks which we were like uh, working 24/7 almost uh, around the clock uh, as a team. Uh, but it, it was quite good um, uh, in the end. So for someone who's actually listening to this and thinking, okay, they need to launch their product on AppSumo as well. Uh, what's the process first of all? How did you did you approach them, or they approached you to launch on Napsimo? Um In in our case, uh, we were always thinking about launching on AppSumo, um, but we thought we were not yet ready, mm-hmm. so we did not approach them. And they they found out about us from a customer of ours, I think, um, mm-hmm. and then they reached out to us, which was a good thing because if you reach out to them, uh, actually the chances of you uh, getting on there uh, decrease uh, slightly. Mm-hmm. So you really have to have a very good solution if it's you who who reaches out to them because a lot of people reach out to them. Okay. Uh, while once you get recommended by somebody that they know uh, and trust, it's easier to get that conversation started and and really get that uh, ball rolling. So in our case, uh, we were lucky that somebody, and I still don't know to the day, I have a, a feeling of who recommended us, but I'm not entirely sure who did, but thank you to that person. Um, um, and they recommended us, and then we started the, the, the conversation with, with AppSumo, and eventually we did decide to, to launch there. But did you have to do any preparation before you launched? Uh, yeah, so they, they want to make sure that uh, your solution is stable, bro- both from a technical point of view, uh, but then also from uh, a support point of view, you can handle that part. So they really walk you through what's going to happen, that mm-hmm. the floodgates are going to be open, which uh, especially back then, uh, it was the case. Now they have a more um, you know, balanced approach where they first open up to their uh, uh, to a specific subgroup of their audience. And then by the time they open up to the, uh, to the majority of the people, most questions were answered, most bugs were ironed out and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we did have to prepare. And also what we had to do is that we didn't know exactly what to expect, how many uh, users we would get. Mm-hmm. So our solution was, uh, w- was good and stable. But then as more and more users started to come on board and, and because uh, our solution also requires us to always like uh, synchronize your Twitter accounts and your Facebook accounts and so on. So there's a lot of uh, scheduling done in the background, which mm-hmm. the end customer doesn't see, but our servers uh, have to, to manage that. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, my, my co-founder and the CTO, he basically managed to rebuild our plane while we were flying. <laughs> so <laughs> from a tech point of view. So we didn't have any one minute of, uh, of uh, service being down but he rebuilt the whole engine as we were running it, basically. So okay. I, I, I'm quite uh, lucky to have uh, such a good uh, uh, CTO uh, uh, as a partner, but it was uh, a stressful time for, for all of us, for sure. How long was the launch? Well, I know they do multiple, uh, multiple ways. For example, it could be a month, three months. And I know I've seen some products where they've been running for like 12 months. How long was yours? Yeah, so ours, uh, back then, we, we wanted to limit the number of, of codes that we would... So basically, a code is a cell that you make. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to limit the number of codes that we offered, and we limit it to, I think, 5,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sold out in about three weeks, um, I, I would say. Um, uh, how many... Since so- then, we did, uh, we did one more campaign. Uh, for example, we did a, a Black Friday campaign with them last year. And we, we offered like 2,000 codes and we sold out in six hours. Uh, so uh, the, the difference was that uh, a lot more people started to know about us and they, they knew that they missed out because they didn't buy us initially because we kept evolving the platform uh, and they, they heard uh, very good things about us. Uh, but yeah. 
So uh, you sold, first time you sold 5,000 coats. How many customers is that? I know some people buy more than one coat. Um, this is one thing that we did uh, in the first AppSumo launch where we did not allow for stacking. So stacking means that, okay, you buy two or three codes mm -hmm. and then um, you can use two codes to not get on, a, for example, we had the Accelerate plan that we offered, but rather go on the Pro plan, which had been the second one. Okay. And this is something that uh, we, we didn't allow because we wanted people to upgrade to higher tiers directly in Social B. This is also because AppSumo takes the lion's uh, share of, of, uh, of, of yeah. the uh, payment that uh, these people uh, do. While in Social B, we were able to, to take uh, that uh, ourselves. So mm -hmm. we did not allow for stacking. And actually, what there was one thing that we did, um, which... I didn't know it would take us so much support time, uh, but even though it took us too much time, I would still do it the same again. So if you wanted to upgrade to a higher tier mm -hmm. uh, in Social B, you had to email us mm -hmm. and we would uh, offer you that option in your, uh, basically in your licensing option yeah. and you would be able to, to buy that. And only so basically, it was a manual work which normally we should have automated, but because of this manual interaction, uh, we we had a lot of support uh, emails, which because our team and our support team is quite helpful, ended up in very good conversations mm -hmm. and ended up in those customers being quite happy because of this. And we always ended once we know that okay the customer was happy, we always ended uh, asking them for a five taco rating on Epsumo, which is basically giving us five stars on Epsumo, mm. and that's how we also got to be maybe if not the top in the top three or five uh, products on Epsumo uh, when it comes to the number of of five star uh, tacos, so a positive right. rating, which right. also kept this whole uh, cycle of. People wanting to buy because they saw a lot of people being happy with with the uh, with the solution that they bought, uh, and it really helped us uh, long term as well. Great. So I mean, one of the main benefits of launching on AppSumo is that you get a bunch of customers come in, five six thousand customers, and they give you lots of feedback. Um, that's one. The second one is you make some money. I know AppSumo takes seventy percent of the revenue, so you get some money. But the main benefit is uh, feedback. But did you get any of those customers convert into monthly recurring customers over time? So this is where we are a bit different from most of the SaaS out, out there. Uh, because I told you we have the tools, training, and teams, right? So the tool is what we were selling on AppSumo. The training, it's a smaller part of our business, so I'm not going to mm -hmm. mention that right now. And then the teams is where the concierge part is. Mm -hmm. So this is where we have actual human beings helping uh, uh, people with their with various marketing activities directly in social media. So mm -hmm. for example, if you just buy our license, you have the tool in which you can add your own content to go on your social profiles. Mm -hmm. But a lot of uh, business owners or a lot of our customers either don't have the time to actually create that content in social media or don't have the knowledge or mm -hmm. they would just rather focus on, on something else and uh, focus on, on the rest of their business. So mm -hmm. this is where uh, our social media specialist, which is our flagship concierge service, comes into place, where we basically are creating this social media post specifically for those customers. Mm -hmm. It's basically like having a VA, but a VA which is very specialized. They, they, know, they do this specific one specific task, like creating those social media posts. They add them to social media to the right categories. You, you uh, now can also interact uh, uh, with with us in the post in social media directly to comments and so on. Mm -hmm. So because we have these add-ons that that people can buy, 
We mm-hmm. had a lot of these uh, 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 customers that were buying the license that mm-hmm. then bought the, the concierge services, which ended up uh, growing on our MRR. Because right, so b- besides that, it's quite hard to convert uh, the AppSumo crowd to, to monthly uh, MRR. So I see all the time on, uh, on uh, Facebook groups and Reddit as well, where there's always a discussion uh, whether it's worth uh, doing a launch on AppSumo. And there's all sorts of people. There are, there are people who absolutely recommend it and there are people who absolutely hate it because they, they got their company destroyed for some reason. Uh, I know you've done a few, so you're obviously for AppSumo launch. So someone listening to this, why should they do? What's your opinion? Why should they do AppSumo launch? I think there's a right time to do AppSumo launch. So for the same company, but at different times, my answer would be different. Mm-hmm. And the right time is when you are um, far enough on your journey so that your product is good enough already and it can provide value so that mm-hmm. your support is already, you know how to handle support. You mm-hmm. have some uh, help documentations in place mm-hmm. uh, and, and your product already does something valuable Plus, you have a clear vision of where you want to be. You have Mm -hmm. a roadmap, which ideally is also public. So people buy the future, not just the present. Mm -hmm. But still, you're not far enough. So you don't have a lot of customers paying you monthly because Mm -hmm. some of those will find out about this AppSumo where they buy a lifetime deal and they will churn. Okay. Uh, the good part is that depending on the customers that you have, maybe there's not a big overlap with the AppSumo community. So you you will not lose so so many of of those customers. Or you can really be like a... Uh, very strict and say like, look, AppSumo is only for new customers, but it's just going to piss off the, the existing customers which found out about you on AppSumo. They will just delete their account, create a new one. So that doesn't help anybody. Um, so you shouldn't do this once you're really an established company with a lot of customers. But early on, uh, it's, it's, it's the right, uh, and, and especially if the target audience is the one that also AppSumo has. So entrepreneurs, um, agencies, mm-hmm. uh, marketers, mm-hmm. small business owners, uh, and so on. So if that's your target audience and your solution is uh, a good fit for them and you're still maybe one one to two years in uh, in your journey, then I would say it's, it's definitely a good thing because besides the, the, the financial part, which, yeah, you don't get uh, a lot from each of those customers, but because there are many, it, it's still something that, that can help you uh, drive your business forward. But mm-hmm. besides that, you definitely get a lot of word of mouth if mm-hmm. your product is good and it's worthy of that uh, positive, hopefully, mm-hmm. word of mouth. Uh, but then you also get um, a lot of feedback, which then you have to also manage properly because you will get a lot of feedback and you have to have a clear view of where you want to take your product. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't, as, as I said, you don't necessarily have to listen to the loudest voice. Uh, Great. Great. So okay, apart from AppSumo, what other growth channel has really worked out for you? And why? Yeah, so basically, we, we're focused on, uh, on, on things that are also scalable, uh, but also uh, bring compounding results. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, we have three main channels that we're uh, working with. One is the content marketing part. So mm-hmm. here, uh, we went uh, uh, on the... We were, we were basically... We took the view of... Instead of creating like a weekly or uh, even a few blog posts per week, we would rather focus on producing very, very in-depth guides, which are basically like books, mm-hmm. uh, which we then give away for for uh, for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and besides that, instead of creating those blog posts on our website, we would rather go out and guest post on other websites mm-hmm. to then link back to the guides or to the website and, and so on. Um, plus, besides that, like podcasting and things like that. So the, the regular content marketing part. Uh, besides that, we also have... Um, 
quite a lot of partners and a lot of them, uh, so affiliates or both partners that we do various joint v- ventures, which some of them came from the AppSumo uh, community, right? People who bought us on AppSumo and then uh, they, they also became an affiliate while others, they just like, we reached out or they reached out. So uh, mm-hmm. we, we're doing some joint ventures that way. And then the third part is the, the paid part where uh, it's not uh, because we are bootstrapped. Uh, it's not something that we uh, have massively invested uh, into uh, at the moment, but we're mm-hmm. now starting to really uh, ramp that up, ramp that up as well. Great, great. So, what's in the future for uh, Social B for you? Yeah, so it's funny. We have a public uh, roadmap where people can can see some of the things that we are working on, but then we also have a, a private roadmap and. Even though we keep releasing new features each week, the number of tasks that we have on our private roadmap only keeps increasing. <laughs> so we have so many ideas that we want to build. And um, we, we want to continue on this path where, okay, we offer the tools, but then we also offer the, the teams on top of it. I think this is something that we will see more and more companies doing, uh, right. not only providing just the, the tool, but also um, hand-holding a bit more, even to the point where they, they do that, those tasks for them. Uh, with 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 actual humans, because at the end of the day, you know there was that um, that uh, famous marketer who said like people don't buy a drill; they actually just want to have a hole in the wall. Yes. So at the end of the day, people don't need the tool; they need the end result. Mm-hmm. So if the end result for them is uh, those social media posts, uh, we can provide that. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's not even those social media posts; they mm-hmm. actually care about the end customer. So mm-hmm. as as closer uh, that we can get them to that, uh, the better. So we keep adding more and more of these services, um, but we don't have a service unless we know that we can scale that. So we have to know that we can provide internal training so we can get somebody that has some experience, but not necessarily a lot, but really get them up to speed uh, real quickly. And then we know that we have a process where they know what to do each week or each month to, to deliver uh, whatever is needed in that service. We know that there's somebody cross-checking their work, so we have quality control and so on. Mm-hmm. So we want to keep this concierge part growing. Uh, and then on the other side, on the tool, we also keep investing in the tool to now we're focused on the social media part, but at one point we will want to also be able to help you with various other marketing activities, maybe uh, maybe scheduling also your blog post or various marketing campaigns that don't necessarily have to do anything with a social post or a blog post or something like that. So we have a lot of ideas uh, that we're working towards. It's just that it takes it takes time, but it's it's part I'll of the. You're getting there. So uh, so so one last question. So you've come a long way. You've got fifteen thousand customers on your platform. You've got forty plus team. Uh, but you only started in 2016, but I'm sure you made some mistakes in the beginning. So imagine someone's just starting out, they've got a product idea and you're that person. So what would you do differently now? It's funny because we are basically helping companies um, uh, to do marketing. And one of the main things that we didn't do for the big part of our journey is to properly market ourselves. Uh, And to some extent, we are still now just now really starting to get into that uh, mm-hmm. because we we were focused on the product and on uh, on both the product like the tool but also uh, improving the services mm-hmm. which is also like part of our product and we were focused on the customers which helped us grow because of good word of mouth uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and so on but we didn't invest properly into uh, a lot of uh, of marketing activities uh, from 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 early on 
So I would definitely suggest even before you have a product to start working on the marketing side because you will need that audience uh, mm-hmm. when, you, when you're ready to launch. And it's so much better to launch something to an audience, to get feedback from an audience which already is, in the, is interested uh, in the problem that you're trying to solve. So mm-hmm. you can really help them. Uh, you can, they can help you to brainstorm as you're basically working through your beta versions and through your uh, initial stages of the, the product. And you can do that uh, nowadays a lot by uh, providing value and blogging and being open about your, your journey and so on. Mm-hmm. Great. Obi. Thank you very much. That was a great interview. And uh, thank you once again for helping me out five years ago. And uh, Thank you. Okay. I'm happy I was able to help. And thanks, thanks uh, as well for this great interview. And that's it for this episode of Launch Legends. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and share more online marketing launch stories, please search for Launch Legends in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.